Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Monday, October 31st, and this is People Every Day. Happy Halloween, everyone. Janine Rubenstein here with you, and I hope you all had a scary good time this weekend. We've got a lot to get to today, including some new revelations from Matthew Perry's tell-all memoir, some big celebrity relationship revelations, and one of my favorite stories from our most recent issue, the Louisiana middle schooler who pulls double duty as both cheerleader and football player. Lots to get to, so... Follow me into this episode if you dare. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's Halloween. I had to do it. Over the weekend, the biggest stars in Hollywood showed up and showed out with some very creative costumes. There was Lizzo, who painted herself head to toe in yellow paint and rocked a cylindrical blue wig, stepping out as the iconic Marge Simpson. Uh, Carrie Washington was ready to, quote, embarrass her children with her costume as she went full retro to go as Lionel Richie from the cover of his self-titled debut solo album. And you guys, she nailed it. The wig, the stash, <laughs> even the facial expression. Perfection. Uh, she wasn't the only celeb going as another, though. On Saturday, Megan Fox and fiancé Machine Gun Kelly gave a nod to the 90s and showed up to the Casamigos tequila Halloween party as Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee from the 1995 grand opening of the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. You remember that, right? <laughs> and they, too, nailed it. Those sleeve tats really came in handy for MGK's costume. But the costume of the weekend came from Kim Kardashian. So Kim did what she does best and went all out in the sexiest way possible. She threw on a blue latex suit to recreate Rebecca Romaine's character Mystique from the early 2000s X-Men films. Kim fully committed to the look from the blue body and face to the classic red-orange hair and capped it all off with striking yellow eyes. But this is my favorite part. So <laughs> Kim Mystique rolled up to Tracy Ellis Ross's birthday party on Saturday and it looked like she hadn't missed a single detail. She was ready, except for the small fact that it wasn't a costume party, you guys. Ross's party was actually just a formal birthday party. I mean, that is the nightmare, right? Well, Kim didn't seem to let the mix-up ruin her night. She poked fun at herself on Instagram with a photo of her and the fabulously dressed birthday girl with the caption, that time I showed up to a birthday dinner in full costume when it wasn't a costume party. <laughs> Happy birthday to the most beautiful, kind soul, Tracy Ellis Ross. The money I would pay to be there to see everyone else all dolled up next to Kim strutting around in head-to-toe blue makeup. <laughs> I would not have been able to contain myself. And at least in my mind, I would have absolutely been playing this. Well, that was all fun, but guys, there was some really sad news that came out of this weekend as well. The deadly Halloween celebration in South Korea. 
On Saturday, a crowd surge occurred in a narrow alley in the town of Itaewon, Seoul, that left at least 150 people dead and injured at least 120 others. According to the BBC, the popular nightlife spot was reportedly swarmed with 100,000 residents to join in the Halloween festivities, the first big Halloween event that required no masks since the pandemic. Authorities have yet to release the cause of the incident and deaths, per the outlet. Meanwhile, Yonhap News Agency via CNN reported people were suffering from cardiac arrest during the stampede. Two American college students were among the victims who died in the incident. University of Kentucky student Ann Gieske and Kennesaw State University student Stephen Blessy. Both schools released statements on Sunday. Over the weekend, President Biden tweeted out that he and First Lady Jill Biden are, quote, devastated to learn that at least two Americans are among so many who lost their lives in Seoul. Our hearts go out to their loved ones in this time of grief, and we continue to pray for the recovery of all who were injured. Just so sad and shocking, sending strength to all the victims and their families. And now, no easy way to transition out of such a horrific story, but Let's get into that memoir that everyone keeps talking about. You know, the one where Matthew Perry continues to tell all. Matthew Perry has been making a lot of news with his new memoir. The beloved Friends star's new book, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, hits shelves this week and is deeply personal as the actor dives into his decades-long struggle with addiction. As we talked about on this podcast before, Matthew opened up to people about his lowest points, including having a near-death experience when he was hospitalized after his colon burst. He gets into that terrifying moment in the book, as well as other anecdotes that are really making headlines right now having to do with other celebs. We're about to get into all of that and more, so joining me now to do that is People's Editor-at-Large Julie Jordan. Hi, Janine. Thanks for having me. Well, Matthew really opened up to you about how bad his addiction got. And this one bite in particular just gave me chills. But I didn't know how to stop, you know. Um, If the police came over to my house and said, if you drink tonight, we're going to take you to jail, I'd, I'd start packing for jail. Because I didn't know how to, I couldn't stop. Well, I think the most revealing part was how bad it got. A lot of people knew he was struggling, but no one knew the depths of the addiction. You know, he had started out drinking, which was fine, but then he had a jet ski accident while he was making Fools Rush In and had his first painkiller, which led to a 55-a-day Vicodin habit. At that height of his addiction, he would wake up every day, try to find drug dealers. He would go to open houses and look through medicine cabinets because he had to have that many just to be able to not be sick, just to feel a little bit functional. And it just got worse and worse over time. And we talked about before that Matthew shared with you how his co-stars rallied around him as he was battling his addiction. But he elaborated in recent days saying that particularly Jennifer Aniston is one of the ones who reached out the most to help him. What else did he share about that? He thought he was hiding it. He thought no one knew. And he made a point to never go to set drunk or high. He was abysmally hungover. Like, it was really hard for him to get up every day and go to set. But he knew he had to because this was the job of a lifetime. But Jennifer came to his dressing room and sat him down and said, we know you're drinking. And he was astonished because he really thought he had hidden it. And she said, we can smell it. And 
They knew he was doing his best. They knew he did not want to let them down. But at the same time, they also knew he had to be the one to decide something had to change. He even gave a little bit of how close he and Jennifer Aniston got, or actually how close they didn't get, right? (laughs) Right. He he spoke about his crush that he had on her for years, and and that that ended. What do you say about that? (laughs) Well, I asked him about that, and he said, how could you not have a crush on Jennifer Aniston? She was amazing. They met, actually, before Friends, and he he asked her out, and she said, no, thank you. (laughs) She said (laughs) she, she knew they would be best off as friends. And he gave her credit because he said she knew he had a crush on her. And so she allowed him to look at her three seconds more than he would look at the other girls (laughs) just to give him a little (laughs) joy during the day. But he said once she hooked up with Brad Pitt, he knew he didn't have a shot. Another big story making the rounds is one about Matthew and Valerie Bertinelli making out in front of a passed out Eddie Van Halen, Valerie's ex-husband, just... Wow. Let's dive into this. So basically, they starred on the CBS sitcom Sydney together. And at the time, Matthew was obviously very impressionable. And Valerie Bertinelli was the hottest thing around. And he was smitten. He said he felt completely in love with her. Despite the fact that she obviously was in this marriage, they both enjoyed this evening together. In the book, Matthew says that they got together and Eddie had partaken a little too much alcohol <laughs> and passed out nearby. And that Valerie and Matthew had this makeout session. And Matthew was very respectful about it in the book. It's an amazing anecdote. And he still, to this day, has the highest regard for Valerie. She's obviously a really good memory. <laughs> but she did respond on TikTok, which was hilarious. She used Taylor Swift's lyrics, It's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. And she basically just asked if anyone else had misbehaved in their 20s and early 30s. You can't see me, but I'm raising my hand too, because we all did. And I love that she did that because she's kind of owning it. There was, you know, there's nothing wrong saying you made out with Matthew Perry. You know, he was a cutie too. For sure. Well, another story I want to learn more about is Matthew opening up about the time he dated (laughs) and then dumped Julia Roberts. Yes, Chandler Bing and the pretty woman were once an item. When did they get together and why did he dump her? This is the second year of Friends, the Super Bowl episode. And Julia Roberts was a big fan of the show. Matthew Perry was kind of her favorite. And she actually said that she would only come and guest star on the series if she could do her scenes with Matthew. So Matthew and her started this friendship. It blossomed into a relationship. They ended up dating for several months. They were already dating when they filmed the episode. He even spent New Year's Eve in New Mexico with her family. So this was clearly something they both felt serious about at the time. When I sat down with him, I just said, do you realize you're probably the only man on the planet that can say they broke up with Julia Roberts? (laughs) He said, (laughs) yes, that was my fear. That was me being afraid because he was in such an unhappy place with his addiction. He had abandonment issues. He was always convinced he wasn't enough. And so he knew in his mind that Julia was going to break up with him eventually, and he could not handle the idea of how bad that would hurt. So to keep that from happening and to save himself from feeling that kind of torture, he broke up with her first. Oh, my gosh. What? I know. And he said, and that's what he said. He said, can you imagine the look on her face when I broke up with her? Honest and raw. And as more of these stories come out, as always, you guys, you can count on people to bring you up to date on everything. Julie, it's always so great to have you on. Thanks for stopping by to discuss it with me. Thanks, Janine. See you soon. 
Coming up, we're sitting down with Jennifer Shillette, the Louisiana teen who is pushing boundaries as a force on the football field and in the stands as a cheerleader, all while making the honor roll. Her story is amazing, you guys. But first, it's time to catch you up on the latest relationship news from the biggest names in entertainment. Wait until you hear what Sylvester Stallone had to say about getting back up after his marriage was on the ropes. We'll be right back with this week's Heart Monitor. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back, and it's time to catch you up on the latest in the love lives of your favorite celebs in a little segment we like to call Heart Monitor. Let's kick things off with a Batch Nation wedding bash. On Saturday, former Bachelor contestant Madison Pruitt married Grant Trout. The two tied the knot in front of 400 friends and family at the home of Trout's parents in Dallas, Texas. As Pruitt exclusively told us at People, quote, we chose this location because it's unique and special to us, and having all our friends and family there means so much. Some of the notable attendees were Bachelor favorites like Victoria Fuller, Hannah Ann Sluss, and Kelly Flanagan. The wedding comes just three short months after Pruitt and Trout announced their engagement, just eight months into their relationship. And wedding bells also rang for country singer Hardy. On Saturday, the wait-in-the-truck singer married his influencer partner of four years, Callie Ryan, in a ceremony at Diamond Creek Farms in Nashville. Before they walked down the aisle, the couple did a first look, which Hardy jokingly predicted was, quote, gonna kill me. Ahead of their I do's, Hardy shared that they wanted to focus on the celebration part of the day, saying, we want the ceremony to be like 30 seconds long. We just want to have a big party for everybody. I'm trying to avoid having a complete meltdown in front of everyone. Well, congratulations to both these new brides and grooms. And last but not least, we're moving on to Sylvester Stallone, finally speaking out about his near divorce to wife Jennifer Flavin. The Rambo star reflected on he and his wife almost calling it quits after 25 years of marriage. Back in August, the two announced they were getting a divorce before reconciling about a month later. Stallone reflected on the ordeal, telling the Sunday Times, quote, let's just say that it was a very tumultuous time. There was a reawakening of what was more valuable than anything, which is my love for my family. It takes precedence over my work. And that was a hard lesson to learn. The two shared three daughters together, and Stallone went on to share that he's focusing on spending more time with 
with them, saying, quote, I didn't pay enough attention when they were growing up. I was so career oriented. And now I go, okay, I don't have that much runway up ahead. And I want to start asking them about their lives. Oh, good for you, Sly. It's so good to hear that things seem to be improving in the Stallone Flavin household. And it is always great to hear stories about families making it through hard times. I mean, celebrities, you guys, they're just like us. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I know I tell my kids that they can dream to be anything they want to be. As parents, we want our children to reach their full potential and to live out as many of their dreams as possible. We have a story that proves just that. Jennifer Shillette is an eighth grader from Montague Middle School in Huma, Louisiana, who for one half of her school's football game is a cheerleader, encouraging her team on to victory. And then for the second half of the game, she throws on her number 55 jersey and gold helmet and joins her teammates as a defensive tackle on the field. Talk about just living your best life. So joining me now is that young lady who is proving to everyone you can do anything and everything. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, first, I just want to set the scene for the audience. Right now, you are in school and your principal, maybe the coolest one ever, she gave you permission to skip out of class and go to the library to get online with us. So how has life been since people have been finding out about your story? It's been crazy, but it, I never thought that it would become this big. And I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be doing everything that I'm able to do. So I've heard that you started asking to play football when you were six years old and the obsession came after watching your brother play and your parents kind of hoped the obsession would go away as you tried other sports. But finally, at nine years old, your dad gave in and let you play. So tell me about your journey with football and, you know, if you are going to keep this up as long as you can. I was on the football field ever since I was two years old because that's how old I was when my older brother started playing. I was always on the football field being their water girl for his travel ball teams. I guess I found like a love for it and so I kept asking my parents and at first they were like I don't know if I want to let you play and they made sure I knew all of the components to it that it was a very physical sport mm -hmm. and I was like I don't care I want to play and so they finally let me go play in a tournament with the Lafayette Swamp Cats in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I'm thankful for Coach Rusty Noel. He let He's the one that let me just come on and play for a weekend. And they were hoping that I wouldn't like it and that I would want to not play anymore. And it was kind of the opposite. So I kept <laughs> bugging them to play some more. And so I continued with the Lafayette Swamp Cats and we went to California for San Bernardino, to be exact, to play in, in three national championships. Wow. I won, and then I played up, and I was the only 10U starter that played with the 12U team. Wow. So not only is this a passion, but like you're good at it. Like, this is the thing. <laughs> I hope I'd say that, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like you're having an experience that a lot of kids your age don't get to have. So I'm curious how you compare the experiences and, and if you ever feel a little bit of whiplash, like going between the two. It's very different. Boys, their bonds and y'all friendships are based on messing with each other picking on each other and 
I don't go a day without messing with one of my guy friends and then they'll mess with me right back. And then with the girls, you joke around a little bit. It was kind of like a culture shock going from me always being around a bunch of guys because of being on the football field with my brother and all of his friends and then going to being a cheerleader and being friends with girls. It's, it was very different, but it's, it's fun. And then lastly, I, I want to know about like what it took for the school to, you know, say, sure, let's do this. I asked my mom, I was like, what if I do both? And she was like, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to talk to your coaches and to the athletic director and your principals and all of that. She says the reason why she let me do it this year is because last year we had a hurricane that hit us. And so we had to play football and softball at the same time. And I was mm. able to manage that with my grades and everything. And so my mom, she texted the athletic director and she was like, as long as it's okay with both of your coaches and everybody, it's a cool. And so both my coaches, we made like a plan that I would cheer half of the home games and play half. And then I would play for the away games because we don't cheer at the away games. I just love that. It just sounds like such a supportive community. I love it so much. Jennifer, thank you for for being on with us today and sharing your story. And and how about you shout out your principal real quick and and thank her for letting you out of class. Yeah, I thank her very much, my principal. Can I just throw in that this morning she was able to celebrate uh, Breakfast of Champions for maintaining honorable as well. So she is an exemplary example of a student athlete. So she gets done on the field and on the court, but she gets it done in the classroom first. And I applaud her and her family for that. Principal Petrie, thank you so much for sharing that. (laughs) Okay, now get back to class. You can keep all of that up. And (laughs) you're being as awesome as you are. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for taking the time. Thank you. All right, time to wrap it up so you guys can get out there and, you know, hit those doorsteps. And we're going to do so with this last story. Jack Harlow served as host and musical guest on Saturday Night Live this past weekend. And the long-running sketch show saw some familiar faces return to 30 Rock. SNL alum Bobby Moynihan made his return to the weekend update desk as fan favorite, the crotchety drunk uncle. This is Halloween, 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 Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> And he, of course, let his complaints be heard surrounding everything from TikTok to quiet quitting and even to Hollywood. (laughs) It's me, Chris Pratt. (laughs) Birth. Not my Mario. Then later in the show, Moynihan cameoed as a skeleton in a sketch that saw the return of the one and only... That's right. Tom Hanks returned to Studio 8H, clad in his now iconic pumpkin suit, for another installment of David S. Pumpkins. As you may recall, David Pumpkins premiered for the first time in October of 2016, and the sketch was just so weird and absurd that it really just struck the right nerve and became an instant classic and a very popular last-minute Halloween costume. Saturday's sketch was similar to the original, where guests go on a haunted amusement park ride and really don't know what to make of Mr. Pumpkins and his pair of dancing skeletons. Who are you? I'm David Pumpkins, man! Right. David Pumpkins from... Before. 
But we did get a new piece of lore surrounding the bizarre mystery behind David S. Pumpkins and his origins. And where am I from? Ibiza! <laughs> Preguntas? So now we know. He's Spanish, I guess. Just <laughs> so weird and so funny. And Tom Hanks on SNL will always be something to make you smile. And whether you're taking the kiddos trick-or-treating, passing out candy from home, or watching a scary movie on the couch, I hope you all have a fun and very safe Halloween. I'll talk to you again tomorrow, right here on People Every Day. 